Welcome back to another episode of Square State Sandlot. I've got John Kenny joining me today, as well as Kyle Gilmore, and I am your host, Bill Montoya. Got a lot of things to talk about, but we really wanted to get into the NBA playoffs. A lot, of, a lot going on, um, and, and we'll just hop right into it. But we will also have some talk about MLB, some NFL potential trades, and, and so on. So let's have John. What do you think about the the Warriors series so far? They're up 3-0 over the Nuggets. Uh, I think it's been an extremely entertaining uh, series so far. And, I mean, there's a lot of subjects we could cover, but my favorite is the lineup going on right now. We've had, what was it, 11 minutes? 11 minutes, something like that, of the three stars with Poole, uh, Curry, Thompson, and then Draymond playing together in this entire season until now. Yeah. And it has been phenomenal basketball. And my favorite part about this is no team gets to see anything of what they're bringing until now. So I got a lot of high hopes for the rest of the playoffs. Um, there's a lot of good teams out there, but I don't think anybody's seen what the uh, Golden State has to offer yet. Yeah, it's it's pretty remarkable, this, this lineup they're throwing out there, because they have three-plus guards, and then you have Wiggins playing the power forward, and he's undersized for a power forward for sure. Uh, and then you have Draymond playing center, and he's undersized for a center. So it's it really for it to have or for it to be able to work. All three guards have to be able to play defense on on guys that are probably bigger than them. And Steph has really stepped up his defense, which is kind of surprising to me. Not because I don't think he can play defense, but because of he's coming off that ankle injury that he just had. Uh, Clay is. Clay and uh, Jordan Poole have been playing very well. Uh, Clay hasn't been moving as well as he he has in previous seasons, but I think he's just still building up to that full hundred percent. So, assuming no one gets hurt in the playoffs, which every time Jordan Poole <laughs> goes down, I'm I just worry because that guy get he hits the floor probably five times a game at least, and every time he just winces and lays there. So it's like, oh no, is this the one? But no, it's crazy. I mean, Jordan Poole. He scored 29, 30, and 27 in his first three playoff games, which is up there with some pretty rare company. So seeing him have that, that killer in him where, where when the stakes are really high, he's playing at his best, that's, that's fantastic. And like you said, no one's seen this. these guys play together because they haven't done so all season because of the injuries to Steph, Draymond, and uh, Jordan Pool has been in and out of the rotation, so it's it's very interesting to see how the teams will react. Obviously, this lineup is basically built to destroy teams like Denver that are reliant on a on a slow center to to put up points. So, Kyle, have you tuned into the series at all so far? Uh, yeah, actually, I I took it upon myself to pay a little more attention to basketball this. What do you think? A uh, year, but playoffs. Um, <laughs> uh, I would say the coolest thing about them right now is Jordan Poole. Um, I mean, the Splash Brothers went and recruited a third one, as far as I'm concerned. Um, it's been awesome. It's 
terrifying. It has to be to other teams. If they stay hot through the playoffs, I don't see anybody beating them. Um, obviously, things happen, but if they can play the way they've played, they're going to be there with anybody that's remaining in the playoffs. So pretty exciting stuff. Well, I, I think that. The, the worry is of the past. I, you know, seeing them play through the years, they've always had this watch out. They could go off at any moment. And you just Absolutely. have to like try and slow down their runs. And the last few years, obviously nothing has been the same. And I think teams are going to have to watch out for that again. Now, when that death lineup comes out, when you have, you know, even Iguodala out there or uh, Wiggins. Wiggins is shooting an all-time high for three-point. And he can just sit out there in the corner. Yep. I mean, sit out there on defense, just sit in the corner, let the other three guys just destroy. And if they need him, pop it out. Yep. It's, it's a lineup that is made for entertainment. And it's exciting to watch them play. Well, and the best thing about it is you can't double any of them because it's going to leave someone open. And even Draymond has been shooting well from three in, in the playoffs. So if they have that added wrinkle where he can spot up from the from the point position at, at the top of the, the key, it's, it's going to be difficult for any team to guard. And we've talked about there's several teams athletically that can match up-ish, uh, but you have to have that athletic center because – if they can get Jokic out to the top where he's defending at the point, I mean, they, they can slash past him because he doesn't have the lateral speed to keep up with them and, and defend the basket. So either they're going to be getting layups or threes, and that's that's the name of the, the NBA right now. So I feel like this lineup specifically is built for what the NBA is. And speaking on Jordan Poole, I mean, everyone on the team has been – saying he's the most improved player from last year. Last year, he was on the G League team at, at points because of how upset they were with his shooting and, and his overall play. Ever since he came up from the G League last year, he's been a completely different player. And I don't know if that was just a wake-up call saying, hey, man, if you don't, if you don't start fixing some things, you're not going to be in the league very long. And he went from the G League last year to one of the best three players on this team this year. And that is just... I mean, this team is loaded. So to say that, that is that is huge. Yeah, and he's taking it upon himself to uh, not only like improve, like you were talking about, but he's taking a bigger role in like the leadership of the team. Last game, he was seen, you know, talking to the lineup, just like pushing them, motivating them, getting everybody in line. And I mean, he's really taking a huge step. And it's kind of upsetting a little bit about the uh, most improved. He, he didn't even make it a finalist. Yeah. But they did have kind of a point on that where they said uh, he just got more minutes this season. He got more opportunities this season. So it wasn't really that improved. He just got more opportunity. So it's kind of hard to see. I, I think – watching every game that I've seen, he has taken a major step forward in his decision-making, you know, uh, basketball IQ on the court. All of that uh, reflects what he's doing this season. 
And yeah. I think it was a big step, but... Yeah, I think he's positioning himself where he will be one of the higher paid players coming up soon. So that's obviously great for him, great for the team. They they took a leap of faith on him. They drafted really low in that first round and, and when they got him, and everyone had questions about him in, in terms of whether he could be a complete player, and he has been. Yeah, no, I mean, even I was like, we don't really need another shooter, and that's what this guy does, but with with for, foresight, you would have obviously seen Clay getting hurt and, and having to have him step up. So great, great pick <laughs> looking back. Uh, but there were obviously some questions. It works out. Yeah, no, and, and the questions were never about his ability to show up. I mean, it was it was just, can he be a complete player? And he's answered those questions. So great on uh, Poole. I wish he would have been in, at least in the conversation because I don't think anyone has made the leap that he has from last year. So I don't understand how he can not even be in that conversation. But I guess the voting's pretty weird in the NBA. So, all right, let's move around the league. Uh, we have the, the Mavs and Jazz series that I think has puzzled me at times. And that's mostly because the Mavs went up two games to one even though they didn't have Luca, then Luca comes back and he played he played okay and they ended up losing that one. So that was a little weird to me. But I guess the question that I have for you guys and and I think this is the main question that everyone's thinking, if the Jazz if they lose to the Mavericks in this series, do you think that they will end up blowing blowing up the team? I think they have to. I mean They've been doing this for a couple of years now. Um, you know, they, they look hot. They look like they're going to compete, and then it all the wheels fall off. Um, I think at some point they have to hit the reset button or they're just going to keep chasing it. And the other standpoint is wasting some careers. Um, yep. A lot of these guys could go, and that's kind of how the league's built now is going places and, you know, chasing championships. Um, I don't know. I just I don't see this this core group staying together much longer ever since COVID happened and Rudy Gobert had that incident on the stand. I don't think him and Donovan Mitchell have ever really solidified their relationship. I think yeah. they got past it for basketball, but you see like now he won't pass the ball to Rudy Gobert. He has a higher chance of, stealing or like office steal getting the ball from Donovan than actually getting a pass from Mitchell. And I think that says a lot. And like you said, do you think they're going to blow up the thing, the roster? I think they've already started to after trading Joe Ingles. Yeah. I think that's just a, a, a hint in the step they're going to take towards this. I don't think they have a real honest hope for making the finals. I think they're just a step away from giving it up and saying we're going to start over and try something new. Yeah, and I think Gobert would obviously be the, the more desirable person to trade because Donovan Mitchell is kind of a, a once-in-a-lifetime, I don't know, not once-in-a-lifetime, but he's once-in-a-generation type player that can do all the things that he can do. Um, so obviously I think that's the, the easier person to trade is Gobert, but I think the more likely is Donovan getting shipped out because he's going to bring in the higher draft capital and all that. Gobert is at least 
at his worst, he's one of the better defenders in the NBA and a post player that can, you know, he can pass, he can, he can do a lot of that stuff. So those guys are hard to find. Uh, not that Donovan Mitchell isn't hard to find, but I think getting the draft capital back, if you're actually going to blow it up. And there has been some, some rumblings that Quinn Snyder might be desired by other teams. So I wouldn't be shocked to see if, if they have an early first round exit to see if Quinn tries to, tries to get out and Donovan Mitchell as well. I don't think Utah is a desirable location for free agents to go. So they're always contending with that. So when you get a guy like Donovan Mitchell, you don't want to ship him out. But at the same time, you, you take the chances in the draft that you can draft some guys. And obviously the super max contracts help the teams be able to hold on to players that maybe don't want to stay there. But I think... Donovan's probably if if they have an early exit again, this will probably be his last season with the Jazz. So it's hard enough to keep a winning team together, honestly. So when you keep repeating the same, you know, exit out of the playoffs, um, I mean, at some point you, you gotta gotta pull the trigger. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, All no right, matter so- how good the team is, it's just not working. I think Portland's going through that. For sure. And I think, yeah, Dame might be on his way out as well. It's it's going to be an interesting offseason in the NBA. I think we could see quite a bit of movement. Uh, so I'll be tuning in for that. But obviously the playoffs are first, and, and they have been pretty entertaining. Um, let's move on to the, the Nets and Celtics series, which has been kind of shocking to me. Um, that first game, I was actually on the airplane from Atlanta to Denver when that game was happening. So... I got to see that that last second where all indications were that the Nets were going to win that first game, and then they had that impressive last second shot on the twist and just throw something up, and it went in. Uh, but since then, it's been all Celtics and, and really not even a competitive series. No. Have you guys been surprised how the Nets have responded? Uh, yeah, this is the one series that I've watched more than any of them, actually. I watched last night's game. Um, and I made a note of this. I, it, this is the most shining example of aging all-stars versus young talent. Um, Kevin Durant and Kyrie are not what they once were. And that's, there's just no there. And I don't mean that as in, they don't, they don't play well. It's that they're no longer able to come in and carry a team. Um, you know, when, when KD's having a bad game, Kyrie can't come in and carry the team, at least not in the playoffs. Um, these, these young Celtics are, uh, they're feisty and it showed bad. Um, sure. The, the nets would come back on a run, you know, and they'd make up five, six points, but then they would drop down, you know, 15 again. And the reason is, is that just, I mean, one simple screen and the Celtics were to the bucket every single time. They yeah. they didn't have to do anything crazy. They didn't have to complicate complicate things. They kept it simple, and their defense was absolutely amazing. Um, I I haven't spent a ton of time watching Marcus Smart. I obviously know that he um, won Defensive Player of the Year, um, but he's so much fun to watch. Um, he might be somebody that gets me back into watching basketball again. That's cool. No, I think Tatum's looked like the best player in this series. But, John, go ahead. What, what have you seen in this series? For me, it, it 
makes a lot of sense. I kind of see this coming. Like uh, uh, last year, we were talking about you know seeing Harden, uh, Durant, and what's his face go up. Like everybody kind of figured that they are probably going to win. It's going to be hard to stop them. Yeah. But after they gave up their entire team, I yep. just thought. You know, it doesn't make sense to me. They're lo- relying it's, too much on those three players. It's the Lakers and, all over again, just not as extreme. Well, I mean, it's... I, I want, obviously, I want to see them fail because I just don't see them being good enough. And they were good enough. When it was Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant moved to Brooklyn, they had a phenomenal team. And then they just traded away. And then now they're trying to win again after they traded away. And like, uh, what's his face? Ben Simmons coming in, like he hasn't played at all. Yeah. So it's hard to say that he's going to make any kind of factor in the team. And this team is just not built to win. Like you can have Kevin Durant, you can have Kyrie, but all they need to do is play good defense. And that's what the Celtics are doing. And they're shutting... Kevin Durant completely out of the game and you know Kyrie's just not enough and it's it's kind of satisfying to see because they just threw it all away and I don't think they should have yeah well and I don't know I I think if you're counting on Ben Simmons to save your series, you're probably going to be disappointed because I don't think he can do that. Uh, we haven't even seen him play with the team yet. I mean, obviously, he's been practicing with them uh, coming back from that back injury or whatever it was that he's recovering from at this yeah. point. Uh, every time it seems he gets close, they they pull him back again. So um, I, all indications are he he's going to try to play in this this fourth game but I think it's going to be too little too late like you said Durant's having a pretty rough series since the first game and Kyrie hasn't been picking up the pace for him and I don't, I don't know that he necessarily should have to but when you get rid of all your role players I mean that's what happens so yeah. that's why they call role players yeah, but the Celtics, I mean, they've been very impressive in this series, and they're, they're a very fun team to watch. I haven't watched them much, but whew, they can play some defense. Last night's game, just going off of it, I mean, they were making defensive plays everywhere. I mean, the first pass that the Nets were throwing, you know, on you know the other side of the court was being picked off. Every inbound pass was being contested. I mean, it was absolutely smothering. Um, and every, I mean, every play you had, um, KD shaking his head or, I mean, they were beat early. They'd come back on runs, but it was never, it was never anything substantial. Yeah. And and I don't know if you guys wanted to talk about any of the other series going on right now. Um, John, I'll, I'll, I'll leave that up to you if you do. Well, I just wanted to mention about the, uh, Timberwolves and the Grizzlies. Because that seems like a fun series. And I think it's going to yeah. be, uh, like, who is the Golden State going to face? Yeah. Like, so I, I'm I mean, interested in watching it just to see what happens. But, I mean, it's kind of, I, I kind of think the Grizzlies are just going to walk away with it. I mean, I mean it's 2-2 right now. 
Minnesota won last night, I believe they played. Yeah. So it's, oh, it's been pretty close. Yeah, it's been pretty close. That I mean, both are all the games so far have been kind of lopsided, I think. But I mean, it's it is split even right now. And then you have Phoenix. There, I think they play tonight against the Pelicans. They're up two games to one. Um, still interested to see what happens with Devin Booker. I, I haven't seen any updates on him on whether he's you know, leaning towards playing in the rest of the series. I think even without him, they'll win. But the next series against the Mavs or Jazz, whoever they end up facing, that one may be a little more interesting if they can't get Booker out there. And then uh, Trey Young, he helped Atlanta in a, in a comeback against the Heat. They're the Heat are up two games to one in that series. Trey had some pretty big plays down the stretch. I think they came back from a 10-point deficit in the fourth quarter and ended up winning that one. Uh, that one, I thought that one might even be a sweep, but at least Atlanta showing some fight in it. Uh, Toronto, they won the last game against the the 76ers in what I thought was going to be another sweep there. Uh, and then you have the Bucks beating Chicago three games to one right now. I think their game five is tomorrow, so we'll know more about that series. But I, I think the games have been pretty entertaining, what I've seen. Um, I've watched all of the Warriors games, obviously, except game one. We were at the Garth Brooks concert, but I went back and watched it afterwards, so I saw it. But, no, it's, I mean... The first round, it always seems like you have some hope that there's going to be some upsets, and, and sometimes there are, but most of the time the favorites win, and then it's that second round where things get a lot more interesting. So we're tuning in to, to, to obviously, round one, but I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to the, the round two matchup, whoever the, the Warriors draw. I think both those teams match up pretty well with what the Warriors are trying to do. So I think that's going to be whoever wins that one, is is going to have a really good chance to be the representative for the Western Conference in the in the finals. Obviously, you've still got the the Suns looming on the other side of that, but uh, yeah, no, I I'm excited to see what what the Warriors continue to do. They're playing right now in in the the what's likely going to be the final game in that series. But I think see, we can. I'm, uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to yeah. say, you guys are obviously interested on the Western side a lot more, but. Um, for me, depending on how this, if the Eastern Conference works out the way it does, I'm really looking forward to uh, Boston and Milwaukee playing. That'll be good. Um, I think that's going to be an interesting, interesting uh, matchup. And then the same thing with Miami and Philly, if that's how it ends up going. Um, you know, it looks that way perhaps now. But uh, the the big one for me, I think, is Milwaukee and Boston because I think that will obviously be the 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 result of this first round. Um, Cause I don't, I agree with you for golden state, whoever they end up playing might be a good matchup, but I still see you guys getting through there and I don't see Dallas or Utah fighting off Phoenix. If that's end up, if that's who ends up advancing. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, Milwaukee and Boston for me, for sure. We're, we're probably advancing people before we probably should, but yes. To be fair, any team that has ever had a 3-0 deficit has never come back and won the series So in the NBA. So that's probably why we can move those guys along, even though the, the series are technically not All over. All speculation. But, yeah. Um, okay. Anything else you had to add, John, in the NBA? Or Okay. So let's move on to a couple trades, trade requests, and all that stuff in the NFL. Um, 
Kyler Murray, the, the latest update on him is that it appears he will be staying in Arizona. Uh, Steve Kime was interviewed, and he basically said there's a 0% chance that we, we trade Kyler Murray, uh, shutting down any trade rumors that may have been attached to him. And then shortly after, Kyler Murray posted a 100 emoji to in, re in response to that, basically saying, yeah, I'm not going anywhere. So I, I don't know if there's been some progress on contract talks or if he's satisfied with what they're doing in free agency or what's changed but his social media pictures are back with his arizona cardinals gear on and like i said he's back on at least speaking terms with with steve kime the the gm there in arizona so what is your guys take on i i don't know if we need to hear kyle's <laughs> because it's, it hasn't changed oh, throughout this whole process the, but we're looking for the steelers to get him Oh hell no! no. I don't no, want no, no, no. He didn't want him there. Hell no! I don't. No. He's not a kind of player I want in my locker room. Period. <laughs> Kyler Murray. Um, yeah, Calamari. Same guy. Well, I guess I'll reiterate my. I'll okay, see John go ahead. John hasn't that. heard it. Yeah. All I can say is this is the second best thing a player can have, other than a good agent, is a uh, visible social media. It is so stupid to me. <laughs> how 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 much social media is involved in contract negotiations and it's this like weird tug of war between front office fans and the player and i absolutely hate it there you go <laughs> that's interesting i've never heard that well it's funny because <laughs> well go let, let me hear your opinion and then i'm gonna just add a little tidbit on from things I've been reading on Twitter. John, go ahead. What you think about the Kyler situation? Uh, could care less. To be honest, I have not followed it one iota. If he's okay. unhappy, I, it just doesn't matter to me. I mean, yeah. unless he went to Chicago. I believe it's pronounced Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> terrible. Bye, but, okay, so... I'll just say this. Um, there were some AFC uh, executives that were speculating that wide receiver was heading to the next uh, position like running back where you can get later picks in the rounds and, and not pay them as much. Um, and then <laughs> Andrew Brandt, I believe it was, he said, yeah, but every time one of them pulls their social media posts about your team you guys are paying them 20 million a pop so or 20 million I'm a year <laughs> so Drives yeah no it's crazy how social media has kind of given the players that added power where they can get the get the social media people on their side in their contract negotiations by saying you know i really would like to be here but i'm not being treated fairly so I'm you guys do your thing Twitter. I'm just waiting for Twitter to start their own uh, agency. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they might as well. Public opinion. Yeah. Well, I mean, Christian Kirk, at the end of the day, that's the guy. All that's these the all these wide receivers should be giving him a, a kickback on their contracts and all that. How, because did, he, how did he blow up the wide receiver? I still uh, don't understand it. Like, I don't get it. A third wide receiver from the Arizona Cardinals got 21 million a year 
and basically forced a Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill trade. I don't understand. It's crazy. But it's tough to hate. I mean, you can't hate Christian Kirk. He's just taking what fault. someone's willing to give him. And yeah. the Jaguars just Trent Balky is out of off it, his damn rocker. It seems like they just accidentally sent the wrong text. Like, oh yeah, what if we gave him like twenty million a year? Like, oh shit! Yeah, I approve that. I approve that contract. That I <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, and like I said, to be fair, you can't do that all. You can't put that all on the Jags because when you're a crappy team, if you want to get the players you want to get in free agency, you have to overpay for them. The Raiders were in that same boat for, you know, the last 20 years. People, if we wanted to sign, you know, Randy Moss or Richard Seymour or whatever, we had to pay them over market value to get them to come to Oakland, now Las Vegas. And Las Vegas hasn't been that way because we have one of the best, if not the best stadiums in the league. We have some of the best practice facilities. We have all these resources being thrown into the team. So now players want to come here. We have a playoff appearance from last year. So that's why Chandler Jones is willing to sign with us. So I don't know. It's it's weird, but it is what it is. In If you're going to build your team through free agency and you're a bad team, you're going to overpay. And that's going to cause ripple effects throughout the rest of the the market so well and i think one of the things that bothers me the most is it's a respect standpoint um and I, I think both ways one of the things that say like pittsburgh that i love about them is everything is pretty internal um when and obviously it's easier when things are going well but i think it's a respect standpoint i don't think kyler murray respects the arizona cardinal um you know right. organization yeah, and I don't think that they necessarily return it either. Um, For sure, these things don't make it to social media when there's a open narrative, when there is respect in that room. Um, it this doesn't happen until obviously there's some division. Even you know the Rogers situation. That's what I think bugs me the most. Um, I don't know. Kyler Murray's just on my shit list right now. <laughs> it's fair. Okay, yeah. so. Another disgruntled person is Debo Samuel. He's already made his trade request known. That was about a month ago. San Francisco obviously still hasn't traded him. But the interesting wrinkle in that story was I've read that they that Debo basically said, I don't want to be here. Don't even make me an offer. So it, that's where he says it's not about the money. So I don't know if it's his everyone's blaming it on his utilization in the backfield, devaluing his wide receiver position, essentially, because we all know running backs don't get paid in the NFL, except Christian McCaffrey. And even that was not a wide receiver contract. So if, if they're going to lump you in as a, a scat back or whatever, that's going to devalue your contract if you're not seen as a wide receiver. So, I think that's the main point of contention there, but it also seems that he just really doesn't want to be in California. Uh, that's more it than anything. He, because there was someone interviewing him recently, and they basically said, "Have you had a chance at all to um, get with Trent or not Trent? Wide receiver or sorry, quarterback, new one, quick, oh, Trey Lance." Trey Lance, there we go. So Trey Lance or Jimmy, have you been able to, to work out with either of them? And he said, no, I've been trying to get a hold of, of Trey to come to have him come train with me down here in Miami. And they were like, well, 
you, you can't go out there. And he said, I'm not doing any training in California. And they said, do you want to expand on that? And he said, no, I'm just not training yeah. in California. So I don't know if that's disdain for the situation, the state, what, what it is, but it seems like he really just wants to be somewhere else. And I don't know if San Francisco grants him that trade request. I, I don't think it makes good business sense unless you can get a huge haul. But what are the landing spots you guys think might happen? Any? Go ahead, John. Maybe uh, you, you have a team that you like? Might be interested? That's, that's yeah, kind of where I'm thinking. Green Bay really haven't gave it much thought because all I'm seeing is it's Bebo Samuel's number one you're seeing all over the place because he actually has requested a trade. But... I think every team, well, not every team, but a, a load of teams are still trying to get like uh, AJ Brown, Debo yep. Samuel, DK Metcalf, and uh, Terry McLaurin yep. are all oh, yeah. searching for new contracts and they have not been extended any. So it's hard to say like, yeah, I, I want Debo Samuel when you have three other guys out there who are easily just as good and i don't know it's an interesting moment with the draft coming up and green bay desperately needs a wide receiver it's kind of hard to say what's going to happen exactly i I think green bay is probably one of the more likely places just because they obviously have the need at wide receiver but they were also willing to give um a bigger contract so the price isn't going to scare them necessarily. It's just going to be the compensation of what what San Francisco's looking to get in return. If they want, you know, okay. multiple first round picks or whatever, that's not going to happen. You guys have them, but I don't think it would be smart to give that up. Then have to pay a guy on top of that. So, especially with this is a pretty deep wide receiver class. Uh, there's Jahan Dotson. I think he'll be available where you guys pick at 22 from the Devonte trade from the Raiders. And if, if that's the last, or if that's the guy that's available, he's obviously not a Debo Samuel, but he's a very capable wide receiver. So I'd be interested to see what who's available at that point where you pick, but I think we also might see a resolution to this before the draft because most guys don't want to trade for next year's draft picks. They want to trade for this year's. So I think we'll, we'll definitely get some clarity on, on those situations that you mentioned in DK, Terry McLaurin. Uh, yeah, I think we'll see some, some clarity in the upcoming days. I mean, the draft is in, what, four days now? Thursday. I think it's on the 28th, yeah. So. And I, I did want to just mention in here, because I found out all the draft activities are that are going to be on the strip are free. So anyone that is interested in going, like all the stuff, obviously anything behind the doors, that, that's a different story, but anything on the strip in terms of watching the draft actually take place, uh, the draft activities that they have as part of the NFL, those are all free. So anyone interested in, in seeing how that stuff is done behind the scenes or even right there in front of your eyes, you have the option to do it for free. All you have to do is just register for the app. And I can't remember the app off the top of my head, but it's an NFL app. You just sign up to get a pass and, and you're in. So. Excited. With, with that being said, I think that's all oh, the NFL. Oh, I thought you did. <laughs> um, well, the only thing I would say, uh, 
the only two teams, in my opinion, that would actually make a trade for him would I actually think Green Bay, like you said, would would be a possibility. They're not afraid to spend some money. And then the other one would be the Chiefs, since the salary cap doesn't affect no, them. No, um, no, no. <laughs> you have uh, to worry about the Chiefs. I, your I know, uh, your they, opinion has been rescinded. That, those are the two there. And then the only other things to think about uh, is, say, draft time does show up. You have a bunch of teams with multiple picks in the first round. And yeah. that's some capital to move around. Say the Lions decide to get crazy and make a move on somebody like that. I mean, who knows? There's what? The Jets, the Texans. Uh, I don't think the Texans will do it because they have so many holes to fill. But um, there's a bunch of teams with multiple picks. How happy Debo would be to go to Detroit and play with Jared Goff. <laughs> well, you request a trade. You don't always get to pick where it goes. <laughs> yeah. I think he has a list of like 16 teams he's willing to go to, which well, yeah, that means is have that now. Well, yeah. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, they do have some control because if they're not willing to sign an extension with the team, then that team doesn't really want to trade for them. So, I guess at least having your list of all the places, you, but 16, that's half the league, man. So he's not being super picky. I've never heard, I've never heard of a list that big. Yeah. I've heard, I like, mean, oh yeah, I got like Really, three. at that point, it's a list of places you don't want to go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I think we can assume San Francisco's not on that list <laughs> since he's already <laughs> there and wants out. But they so that's, been. that's basically, yeah, 15 teams he doesn't want to go to. Or no, yeah, 17 teams he doesn't want to go to. So, interesting. But, um, oh, is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about NFL-wise? That's all I had in the notes, so. I don't think so, other than fantasy football is coming soon. It is. Did we cover the Dwayne Haskins? Yeah, we covered that in the last one. Obviously, with him being on the the Steelers, Kyle had something to say about it. Um, I will say, just to add to it, most of his teammates from the Steelers were at his funeral ceremony, along with a lot of his former coaches and former players at Ohio State and all that. Multiple, so, I was going to say multiple communities. Um, you know, it's pretty awesome. Um, you know, obviously terrible situation, but the response from all the communities that he was a part of, um, it's pretty special. So that's awesome. Yeah, they definitely showed up for him. So that's a that's a good situation there for him. Obviously not the circumstances, but at least his family can see how, how big of an impact he's had on X amount of lives in, in his life. So uh, with that being said, we'll move on to major league baseball. And there's just a couple notes I had with uh, the A's and maybe we just go straight to Miggy since he got his 3000th hit. Um, That was a huge moment. Um, I've, I've said many times he's the greatest right-handed hitter I've seen in my life. And that's there, there's been a few. I mean, you got Albert Pujols. I think Cabrera's longevity has been better than Pujols. Pujols is obviously a great player. But uh, Cabrera, for me, just what he can do with on the baseball field and, and how he can control the baseball, uh, he's just unmatched. At, at least from the right-hand side of the plate. I think Tony Gwynn, probably from the left side, or, or possibly Barry Bonds, if you don't count the uh, steroids against him. But, <laughs> yeah, total player. I think Miggy, um, pound for pound, is the best. But go on, the Kyle. One thing, for me, when it comes to Miggy, man, 
there's nothing he can do on the baseball field that outweighs the way he is, you know, in between playing and off the field or off the, off the, you know, baseball field. Um, my example would be the game before he hit 3000. I think that says more about him than the game where he actually got his 3000th hit. Um, the Yankees decided to walk him and uh, you keep him from hitting um, that game. The fans obviously lost it, you know, in his defense, but, and actually I'll go back two games prior. I, I apologize. Um, he hit two. He, I think he hit twice in that game, maybe three times. Um, and I think he hit four, but his first three lost, were all hits. Yeah. Right. And they lost the game. And so they asked him and his, his response was who the F cares. We didn't win the game. And yeah. that's, that says so much. And then the following game, like I said, they walked him and he's coming back off the field, like, calm down, calm down. We're winning. Yep. Um, to be at that point of his career where a lot of guys are kind of chasing, you know, the personal accolades um, in the twilight and things like that. He doesn't care. He wants Detroit to win. And it's all I can say. I mean, he's just a classy dude. Yep. They, they don't make him much better than him. Well, and to be fair to the Yankees, like, obviously you don't want to be. Move. No, no, for like, sure. Like, don't blame you, you set up the force. That's that's what you do on paper. I mean, it doesn't it's matter. Not, yeah, they don't care. No. I mean, maybe. But. And that's, I, I guess at some point you don't want to be on the other end of that 3,000th hit. But still, I don't think that was their their motivation behind it walking him. It was game. just a baseball I mean, decision. So Yeah, it was a close game. They were trying to win. So I don't blame them. But, and it worked out because he got it in front of the home crowd. So Yep. So good for Miggy. Love that guy. Like I said, not only is he a great player, but he's also one of my That's favorite funny. players just because he's always screwing with everyone in the dugout, on the field, whatever. He's always just messing with people. And my probably my favorite Miggy moment was when he – rubbed uh, Adrian Beltre's head and Adrian Beltre is infamous for hating his head touch for whatever reason and so Miggy got on base and started rubbing his head <laughs> I thought Beltre was going to punch him but it was hilarious <laughs> so anyway another member of the 3000 hit club Adrian Beltre shout out haven't seen him in a while glad to see he's not on the Rangers anymore because he used to tear up the A's quite a bit but speaking of the A's just a couple notes from them um Paul Blackburn and, and a bunch of the other players have been questioned about the crowds that have been showing up to the home games. Uh, opening night, I think there was 14,000, maybe 17,000, something like that, which is historically low for the A's. Typically, they're welcoming in 40,000-ish. That stadium actually holds like up to 50 if you take the tarps off and, and use the third level. So it's been, it's been up there, especially when they play like the Giants or whatever for their opening series. But I think there's multiple factors. You've got the Orioles that were coming into town for the opening series. They're not a good team. And so there's not going to be very many visiting fans coming to that game. Uh, but then, you know, over the next couple nights, there was 3,000 in the crowd and then under 3,000 for, for the, one of the other games. So it's been pretty rough. And a lot of the national media is running with that narrative that essentially this is why the A's want to move is because the fans don't show up well no, the fans really. don't show up because of the owner and all the things that he's done but i won't necessarily get into that since we've already gone into that but 
the A's players keep getting questions about it, and one of the guys that really stood out to me was Paul Blackburn. He basically said he understands it from both perspectives. He said, I can understand why the fa fans haven't wanted to come out because we've had all these players that they've you know, grown accustomed to and, and grown to like, and as soon as they start to like them, well, we ship them out. And Blackburn's been with the team for, I think, six years, so he's seen two cycles now of happen. this. And I, I want to say I just absolutely love what he's doing on the baseball field right now. He is pitching well above his pay grade for sure. But he also said, uh, we have great players in the clubhouse right now. We're putting a good product out there despite the payroll figures being where they are. So he says, the fans' impact on the game cannot be understated. If there's 15,000 rowdy people out there watching them play in their games, they have a huge impact on the game. So they, they want to see the fans there, but they also understand why they're not coming. So kind of a plea for, for fans to show up, but also a nod to them saying, look, we, we understand why you haven't been so far. And then just one other note for the A's. They have a few... Uh, scheduled events they, they're going to honor the 72 team for their world series title it'll be the 50th 50th anniversary for them and then the big one for me is they're going to honor dave stewart which he is not a hall of famer but he had his best career years with the a's and was an absolute stud while he was there he's my all-time favorite a's player that is not on the team right now so and that, that says a lot. I mean, there's Ricky Henderson, there's Mark McGuire, there's yeah, all these guys. And Dave Stewart is my favorite of all these guys just because that mentality, bulldog mentality that he took out with him on the pitching mound every time he went out there. So glad to see him get honored. And then just a quick note on him. He's also going to be leading the uh, Nashville Stars initiative to get a baseball team to Nashville. And I obviously, I was, about that. yeah, it was just there. So obviously that's pretty cool. Um, but it's, it's basically the first of its kind initiative where it's going to focus on diverse ownership group. And, and Dave Stewart has several times said he wants to buy the A's from Oakland or from John Fisher. He wants to keep them in Oakland. That's his hometown. He wants to stay there. He wants to keep the A's there. Well, that opportunity obviously hasn't risen. So he's jumping on this where he can possibly be the first of their diverse group of ownership in the MLB. So great to see him taking that initiative. He's been a GM. He's been basically any, he's been an agent. He's been a player. He's been a coach. So he, he definitely knows the business side of baseball, no matter which perspective you're looking at it for. So I don't think there's a better guy you could have on your team if you're going to start an, a new NF or new MLB franchise. So I like it. And then you had some stuff on the, the pirates. Yeah. I mean, anybody who's listened knows the situation we're we're growing young guys um i mean just to get it get the band-aid ripped off yesterday we got routed 21-0 um in a baseball I mean, game don't get me wrong yes it was horrible it was you know it's not what you want to see but at the same time i also don't think it's a huge deal um our biggest weakness is our starting pitchers our bullpen's wonderful but we have to call on them way too often. So we had two different starting pitchers actually go through the rotation and we were down 11 runs, I think by the third inning. So, um, it, they, they just hit, I mean, their bats were fire yesterday. Everything double. I mean, I think they hit four doubles in a row. I mean, it was just perfect placement. It just was not our day. Um, 
in a season that we're not going to compete and we know it, I don't really care about a 21-0 loss. I hope they learn from it. But um, with that being said, we're at, and this was against the Cubs, we're actually winning 3-2 right now. I think we're in the third inning uh, due to a rain delay. But, um, again, pitching rotation is the biggest thing for me. Uh, we have a couple guys, uh, Brubaker and then Keller, that are supposed, I mean, Keller's supposedly coming on. I've yet to see it translate yet, but we don't have anyone that's a stud starting pitcher. Um, yeah. I hope that's something we address in the offseason and um, future drafts. We're bringing, obviously, guys up. We have some good young pitchers in our farm league. Um, if we get I read to that a you point, actually called one up today. Is we that did. We did. We, we sent Alford back down. Um, and I can't even remember his name. Yeah, I'm trying to find it right up. now. That's what I've he's been the, furiously be searching pitching, for. <laughs> he's going to be pitching sooner rather than later. I promise you that. Um, so if we ever get to a point, even this season, um, well. Bo oh, Seltzer? That's the one. Thank you. Um, there's a lot of teams right now struggling, um, you know, around us. So there, it's not outlandish that we could finish in the middle of the pack. I know that's crazy to say and think, but it, it's possible. The Reds are absolutely atrocious right now. Um, hopefully that holds. <laughs> but if we ever get to a point where we have a couple starting pitchers that come in and take care of business, we have a lot of young bats and a lot of guys in the um, you know fielders that are very, very good, better than they get credit for. So uh, I don't know. More of the same, looking to the future. We'll see what happens, but right now we're we're winning. I've also read some rumblings that you guys be might or you might be calling up Cruz soon since it's You it will be up before I'm calling it before the All Star break for sure. Yeah. And I think it makes sense because essentially he's past that where they can do the service time manipulation so it won't count as a full season. Uh, unless he wins you know, right. rookie of the year or whatever, they, they've added that stipulation now. I so. think the thing that is going to help him obviously get there quicker is Kevin Newman, A, struggles at the bat, and then last year he didn't make a – I don't. I think he made the whole year without an error at shortstop. I was just and reading. He, he, had, he had three two yesterday. Well, yeah, he had – One of them I wouldn't necessarily drop on him, but yes – he had three in 132 games last year, and he has four in 2022. There you go. In and 12 he games. Had two, so. He had two in that in yesterday's game. Yeah. Very close to each other. It was very frustrating. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, there's some pressure. that spot up for that 6'7 monster at shortstop. Yeah. I love I'm excited game. to see him play. I, I mean, he absolutely tore it up in spring training, and that doesn't always translate, but with – with him being the future of your franchise, I mean, he might be the next one after Reynolds getting extended. Well, so. the thing that makes me excited is uh, Michael Chavez has excelled. He has he has done way better than we expected him to. I'd like to see him fill in at second base. Obviously, keep Brian Hayes at third, and then putting O'Neill Cruz at shortstop makes a pretty dynamic um, group right there. So, I don't know. Lots Sounds of prospects good. will be coming up. So, and then around. John, the good news we have coming out is there's possibly a new franchise, the Nashville Stars. Time to jump in. Gives you a 
fantastic opportunity to jump in since you aren't affiliated with the team. It's a good one to jump in on. So Yeah, go Nashville. There you well, go. It's funny you say that because I'm I'm at a crossroads as far as the NBA. If I'm going to start following it again, which is a big if, I can't decide if I will follow the childhood team or if I'm going to start fresh. And that is literally the been like Orlando Magic, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I so, thought. I don't know what uh I don't know what I'm gonna do or if I'm just gonna follow some players, but stay tuned. Well, I mean the NBA is at a point right now where it's basically you you pick your favorite players and kind of follow them where they go because it changes so much bet. year to year. I mean you've got your you know, Steph Curry's and those type of players, but those are few and far between at this point, so Yeah. Yeah. I Got into the NBA because I just liked following players, following the matchups and teams. And I don't really want one team overall. Like Golden State, I've just followed them so long now that I've kind of enjoyed watching them the most. Well, they've been stable. They're one of the few teams that have been stable. And I can contribute that to Steph Curry nine times out of ten. Watched him out of college, and I loved his – like watching him in the NBA and he's had so much success that it's very interesting to watch. But once he's gone, I'll probably move on to the next most interesting player. Disgusting. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's not a great look to be, you know, accepting I'm a bandwagoner, but it's funny because I can't remember like me and start following the the pirates when they're in a giant hole. No one will judge you then. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I've been blessed for green Bay for the last 20 years. Yeah, for sure. It's really hard not to say like, I don't know what a really bad losing green Bay team. looks like. Yeah. Two seasons. (laughs) You might find out in a couple of years, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, No, I I can't remember where I was, but I was wearing my 2015 Warriors Championship shirt that I have, and everyone was like, oh, great, another, someone said, another bandwagon fan. I was like, man, I've been here since 74 was their last championship. Like, I remember Jason Richardson. I remember, no, 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 I'm I'm saying that I was there when that was their last one, not that I'd been there since 74. but predated it. Yeah, it. And, you know, I've seen the Baron Davis. I've seen, like, all the good guys that they drafted. There's, like, rules in the NBA because of the Warriors because the, the player left. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I swear there's special rules in the NBA rulebook for how free agents are handled because of the Warriors in so many situations. But, no, I, and that's the frustrating thing is, like, I don't hate bandwagon fans because at the end of the day they're paying money to see my team and, and help give them an influx of cash, whatever that helps them spend money. But it's also annoying when people say, Oh great. Another bandwagon fan. And it's like, no, I've been here since the start. Like all my teams are Oakland teams. Not anymore. Obviously warriors are in San Francisco Raiders in Vegas. But the, the one thing I'd say to that though, is if you're not a Steph Curry fan, you don't like watching basketball. Yeah. I mean, well, there's plenty of people that, you know, Oh, LeBron's way better than Steph. It's like, they're different players. That's apples to oranges, man. That's, yeah. that's the dumbest comparison ever. Well, it, no, it's only it, because what Steph, done, Steph Curry has taken away from LeBron that they don't yeah. like Steph Curry. Yeah. I see so that I think often. It just makes me like him more. 
I think the only, yeah, the only people that don't like Steph are the people that like LeBron more and can't appreciate two things at once. And their opinion just doesn't matter, so we'll move on. <laughs> just, um, just wanted a quick note. Warriors game is happening right now, and let's just say Denver has come out on fire. Yeah. It's not over. First quarter just ended. Oh, it'll, they'll peter out, dude. I'm not it's worried. only the first quarter, John. Only first quarter. Okay. Relax. Maybe Lock I wanted to change. watch that first quarter. Watch it. It's only 13. Well, I have no, no chance now. Sure you I'll do. You. All right. I'm watching it right now on the side here. I got a hockey game to go watch. I don't know All right, boys. Basketball. It's been fun. We'll, uh, we'll do this again next week. And we will also have a mock draft special. I don't know what order. I mean, this is already out since we did it live, but probably push out the mock draft maybe Tuesday, Wednesday, maybe Wednesday before the draft happens. So we do that and follow it up with a, you know, what we think afterwards. Who knows? All right. Great. Again, thank you guys for tuning in. See a few of you guys watched live. Uh, Wish we could get some comments, questions as we're doing it live so we can address those in, in real time. But As always, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate your support. And please like, share, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And and we'll keep doing what we do.